Welcome to the Fashion Law Network podcast series. My name is Kasia Zabroska-Trabin. I'm a patent attorney and fashion enthusiast based in Los Angeles, California. Join me as I break down legal cases, discuss recent fashion news, and demystify patent law. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode two of season six of the Fashion Law Network podcast. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. I have a great episode for you guys today with a featured fashion guest, James Keith. It's been a few months since we've had a guest on the podcast series, so we're long overdue, and James is the perfect guest. He's the owner of a luxury accessories line called Keith James and also a Caldwell Law client. The Keith James line started out as a line of fedoras, hats for men and women, but now it's expanded into various luxury accessories like leather goods, perfume, sunglasses, and more. I'll of course link his website to the episode notes of this episode. So Keith and James has become a celebrity favorite in the accessory space. Lots of stars around the world have worn his line which we will discuss during the interview portion of the podcast. His line is also the epitome of, quote, quiet luxury, which is all the rage now. So the concept of quiet luxury describes these timeless, understated pieces that look expensive due to their high quality materials. So this is instead of the flashy brand logo trend that we had a few years ago. L.com did a great article about this concept recently where they stated that while aesthetically similar to the minimalist movement that we witnessed between 2008 and 2016, in terms of championing a neutral color palette and rejecting logos, it's now all about curating a selection of high quality wearable pieces that seamlessly work with the rest of your wardrobe. And Gwyneth Paltrow is often cited as really embodying this quiet luxury style, such as how L.com put it, Gwyneth Paltrow's courtroom green overcoat from The Row is not about breaking the bank in the name of a cashmere jumper, but rather taking a slower, more simplistic approach to dressing. So we'll discuss quiet luxury and all those features associated with that during our interview. And a notable feature of the Keith James hats is the red color on the underside of the hats. And it's been called the red bottom hat, which of course makes any fashionista think of Mr. Christian Louboutin and his red bottom sold shoes. And in fact, Mr. Louboutin actually gave the Keith James hats his quote, seal of approval which we will also discuss discuss during the interview portion of this episode. So to tie this concept in with intellectual property law, and I'm sure a lot of my regular listeners have thought of this, is the trade dress protection issue when it comes to the red colored characteristics of various fashion accessories, which James has of course secured for his hats. It's a very interesting aspect of trademark law, wherein trade dress is a type of trademark that can protect the overall appearance of a product or company. It can include features like the design, the packaging shape, and in our case, the color of a particular item. 
And the purpose of trade dress is essentially to help consumers identify the source of a product and to also distinguish one product from another. Trade dress is protected by federal law and state law, just like all the other types of trademarks that I've discussed before. Trade dress can also be registered with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. And of course, when you register your trademark or trade dress, it does give you those additional legal rights and it definitely helps you enforce your trademark rights if someone does infringe on them. Now, the landmark trade dress case in the legal world is the famous Louboutin versus Yves Saint Laurent case, which I have discussed in a few previous episodes of this podcast series, and it really shows the importance of this protection. When Louboutin filed the lawsuit against Saint Laurent because Saint Laurent shoes were red in their whole entirety, the top and the bottom, or the sole was red, unlike Mr. Louboutin's shoes, which of course had red only on the sole and various colors and patterns on the upper portion of the shoe. So Yves Saint Laurent then countersued for cancellation of Mr. Louboutin's trade dress protection. Then there was an appeal, and during that appeal, the court essentially sided with Louboutin, but they did modify his trade dress registration, wherein the trademark protection for Mr. Louboutin now exists in a shoe sole that, quote, contrasts with the color of the adjoining or upper portion. So that's just a little synopsis of that huge landmark case there. And now let's get into the interview portion of this episode with my featured guest, James Keith. Enjoy. Hi, James. Welcome to the Fashion Law Network podcast. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. So to begin, can you tell us about your background, where you're from, and then kind of what prompted you to start your amazing luxury accessories company? namely your famous red bottom hats. Yes, I mean, I'm from a small town. It's called Riggerwood, North Carolina. Um, it's about 20 minutes outside of Wilmington, uh, which is the city um, that we always go to. Uh, you know, I grew up in the, the rural area, of, you know, dirt roads and stuff like that. So it's real small. So I kind of grew up through there and, uh, you know, went to college. Um, North Carolina Central, HBCU, uh, studied psychology. And um, that was kind of like the best thing I ever did because when you grow up in a small area, you really don't know nothing besides what you see every day. So, you know, when I got away from hometown, it kind of I kind of started being more intrigued about people and learning more different things about, you know, just everything, fashion, business and life. So that kind of helped me out a little bit. And then um, from North Carolina, I went to Minnesota. And um, you know, I was working with one of my buddies. I was like his uh, manager and doing like all the day-to-day stuff. He was in the NBA. So that was another great experience, too, for me, just to see on some high-level um, relationships. And then after that, I uh, went to Atlanta. And um, I was amazed with Atlanta. And that's where I kind of birthed the Keith James brand from uh, from Atlanta and um, Atlanta is a special place. I always going to have a place there. And um, uh, I kind of just, you know, 
always went out. I was a socialite person, so it was like I always was very fashionable. And Atlanta is like it, it gives you the motivation that you need in Atlanta. And so I created the brand right out of Atlanta. Right. So when did you move to Los Angeles? I moved to Cali about four years ago. Okay, um, so I kind of came out here simultaneously to open up the store out here. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that brings me to your you have a store on uh, Rodeo Drive. How did that get started? Yes. Yeah, so we started the company about four years ago. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, eight years ago and about four years into the company, I was at a point to where the online was booming and it was just growing so much. And I just felt like the consumers needed a place to walk in and pick out something. So I was like, you know what? I need a store. And then I was like, well, if I need a store, if I do a store, I want to have it in a prominent area. So I was like, you know what? Let's do it in Rodeo on Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. And, you know, I wanted to make that the first flagship store. And that happened about four years ago. And That's um, perfect. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And now we have three stores, one in Vegas at the Caesars Forum Shop. And then we have another one in Atlanta at Phipps Plaza Mall. That's so great. And it's nice, too, for hats. So maybe people want to try that on versus just getting them online, right? It's nice to have it's, that option. Exactly. Sometimes you got to, you know, people have funny shaped heads and hair and all that type of stuff. So you got to got to try it on. Yeah. <laughs> so what products <laughs> besides hats do you sell? Well, we just launched our uh, leather goods. So we got bags, duffel bags, uh, backpacks, uh, purses. So I'm excited about that. Um, we we partnered up with a factory over in Italy. I went over to the factory and picked hand picked everything. Um, that we have scarves. We have a nice fragrance. We have travel kits. We have beanies. I mean, we just trying to take over the whole luxury accessory market. I love it. Yeah, your styles are just classic too. Where it seems like they're never going to go out of style. And that's what I'm big. I'm glad you noticed that because my whole wardrobe is pretty much similar to classic. Like I don't really don't wear a lot of logo logo, but at the same time, you want something on there. It's kind of like they call it quiet luxury. Yes, like that's that's yep. my style that I that's the style that I've been running with pretty much all my life. Exactly, or like how those capsule wardrobes are really popular now, where you just have you know twenty pieces instead of having you know, 50 tops, it's better just to have some really nice quality, just a few bags, a few hats, and then you're you're good to go. Exactly. And a couple of pair of nice shoes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Don't forget the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about, so I read that you got a seal of approval from Mr. Christian Louboutin, which of course is the red bottom shoe uh, maven. How did that come about? And the story behind that. Yeah, that was actually a cool moment. Um, a buddy of mine by the name of Damon um, actually worked with Christian for a while now. And um, I was at Art Basel and they was having a grand opening for the Louboutin store in the design district. And they gave me an invite. So I went over there and I had, of course, I had my hat on and I talked to him and he was just amazed with the hat. He was like, I love the hat. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to send you some. 
you know, I didn't know if he was going to wear it or not, but, you know, I had to send him some because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, he is the red bottom guy. So yep. I was like, I sent him a hat and he actually wore it and he loved it and he, he wanted some more. So now I think he have about 10 to 12 different colors and styles. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I could, I could see him. He has a store on Rodeo Drive too, right? Yeah, it's actually right beside mine. And that's oh. that's another crazy part. I actually had the store before he had the store, so I didn't even know he was going to be right beside it. So oh, that was yeah. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it came full circle for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a perfect, perfect combination right there. That's funny. So do you have any other favorite celebrities that have worn your accessories? Like any interesting stories for us? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, the biggest one was... Uh, at the at the moment was uh Floyd Mayweather. That's my buddy now. Uh, we kind of grew a relationship over the last four or five years, and he wore the hat at the Super Bowl, and it was like the best thing I could have ever asked for without paying for. If that makes sense. <laughs> wow! So he just yeah. discovered your hats and was like, "I'm gonna wear this." Yeah, he kind of discovered it through some friends of mine. I, you know, I was like, "Yo." You know, see if Mayweather would like to have one of my hats, and he wore it, and and it it was the Super Bowl, and he they they put him on the screen, and they had him on TV. So that was like one of the biggest moments, is is when I was growing the brand, and it kind of like helped me take it to another level. And then actually, I got a funny story right here because just two weeks ago, uh, Beyonce had the hat on. Oh wow. So That's that weird. was big. Yeah, that yeah. was big. Uh, that was big. And I think she have a show coming out or a documentary coming out on uh, December the 1st. I think it's going to be in there too as well. Right. I got to tell my listeners, your queen hat on your website, is that kind of like the main hat for women? It's amazing. Yes. Yes, they love that hat. They love that. It's a, it's a very universal hat. Right. So nice. Um, so what about when the pandemic happened? You had your store open at that time or no? No, I didn't. By the grace didn't. of God. No, I yeah. did not have it. But I used the pandemic to negotiate my lease. So I got a very favorable terms on the lease uh, because, you know, everybody was kind of scared of brick and mortar at the time. So, you know, I kind of massaged the lease to uh, to. Uh, to lock in the lease during the pandemic. So I kind of used the pandemic to build my brand and kind of slow down because I travel a lot too as well. So the pandemic had me sitting in one place. So most of the time when you sit in one place, you could think a little bit clearer. Did you see your online sales go up during the pandemic since, you know, people kind of had more disposable income at that time? I did. I actually did. I mean, everybody was just sitting at the house online. That was actually a great time to, capitalize off people being at home in front of their computers or on their phones <laughs> exactly <laughs> i must say i uh i always laugh i have so many outfits now due to my covid <laughs> shopping yeah time. you were just looking for that delivery every day right i know i know it's so crazy um so you did mention that you have the leather goods coming out any other new products that you may be coming out with or that you're thinking about I'm thinking about shoes. I mean, I'm a big shoe guy. I love shoes. So I'm thinking that might be an option down the line. That would go great with all your other accessories for sure. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of shoes. So it's like I kind of tailor 
the brand, you know, off stuff that I like and stuff that I, you know, kind of see the brand, how it can add to the customers. And because a lot of people love shoes, they love bags, they love hats. I mean, you know, the accessories, if you accessorize something the right way, you could kind of make a great outfit out of it, you know? Exactly. And now let's talk about your new project, your new book called Rich Mindset. Can you tell us what prompted you to write it, kind of background about it? Yes, yes, no problem. So, yeah, I just launched a book called Rich Mindset. Um, it took me 39 years to, to launch that book. Um, it was something that... <laughs> not too <laughs> yeah. long. Not too long, not too you got long. got it out. <laughs> yeah, 39 years. It took me 39 years to do that. Um, and the reason I say that is because I wasn't in a place to where I was ready to do it. Because when you're doing a book or when you're doing anything and you're going to share it with the people, you got to make sure you are in a place to where you are accomplished, you know what I'm saying? Everything that you mentioned and, and it's intriguing because a lot of times people are only uh, interested in something that they can see. Like if they don't see success, then they're not really interested in it. So I had to get to that point. I had to become successful. And you know what I mean? That's when I released the book after I, you know, hit a milestone of success. And I was like, okay, now I can release it because the rich mindset, the whole ideal of that is I always had a rich mindset even before I became rich, if that makes sense. So it's like, you know, I was thinking like that and I was moving like that and I was carrying myself like that. So it was like the whole rich mindset thing is like you got to have a rich mindset even before you become successful because you got to have that confidence. You got to have that perseverance. You got to have that everything you got to have the whole swag to go with it and everything you just gotta you gotta you know you gotta look like it you gotta look good you gotta feel good and you know yes. what I'm saying you do good exactly you know? so, yeah so that was why it took me 39 years to get to that it's like that saying they say where you dress for the job you want to have not the job correct. that you currently have right correct correct and and that's what I always did you know but you know it took a little longer to get to success so I didn't want to release nothing until I became successful. And then now I can kind of like give back, you know, give back a little bit. And, you know, because it's actually a story about, you know, from the time that I started growing up to now. So it's give you the whole my whole life perspective on everything. Oh, that's great. So is it out already or? Yes, it's out already. Yep. Uh -huh. It's so out already. Can, where can people buy it? You can buy it at richmindsetbook.com or you can mm -hmm. go and get it richmindsetbook at Amazon. Well, I'm going to order my copy today and we're yes. going to link your book to the episode notes to this podcast episode also. Um, I'll link your Instagram account on there and your website to all your products. I definitely appreciate it. And I mean, you guys are going to definitely enjoy it. Yeah, can't wait to read it. Well, thank you so much, James. This was a wonderful information for my listeners. And thank you for coming to the podcast. Yeah. And you know, I had to get that trade dress from you guys too, as well. A trademark. That's right. Yes, yep. I need James it. James is very well versed in trademark law. He's all buttoned up. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, James. All right. Thank you. All right.
Bye. And that concludes episode two of season six of the Fashion Law Network podcast. Thank you so much for listening and stay tuned soon for episode three. Have a great day. Bye.